Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Wowza. Okay. We schools are back in action, full swing, baby. And lots of behaviors cropping up now that we are about a month, maybe for some schools, two months in. And I can say this because I've been in education for well over a decade and I have done so much research in the areas of <clears throat> stress, trauma, the brain. How do we teach based on the brain to help kids learn? And what I know is that Schools are failing our kids. We are not doing things right. And I think a lot of you would agree, and some of you probably are curious what I mean by that. So <clears throat> let me go into more of what I mean when I say schools are failing our kids. Okay, so let's start with Maslow and Bloom. There's a saying that we must Maslow before we can bloom. If you are in education and you've ever taken an ed psych class, you have probably have heard of both of these people and their work. Parents, if you have not, basically what we need to know is that Maslow has Maslow's hierarchy of needs. These are a bunch of needs related to emotions and emotional safety, physiology, secure attachments, bonds, regulating all these things. And then Bloom's taxonomy are all those academic skills and especially eventually those higher order skills. So schools are focused on Bloom's taxonomy. They want kids to learn, they want kids to retain, they want them to listen, they want them to do well academically. The problem is we are logical second. We are biological first, or you could say we are biological beings first. We're not logical beings first. Why? Because the brain developed from the bottom to the top. And the bottom is that fight, flight, freeze. The central region is that emotional control center. The top is logic and reason. So the oldest parts of the brain are based in emotion. Our brain is organized to act and feel before we think. Thinking is kind of like the the last thing that we do. Our brains are hardwired to keep us safe first and not just physical safety, but psychological safety which relates a lot to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So the problem with schools is that we are focused so, so much on Bloom's taxonomy that we haven't even really spent a lot of time addressing Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the term SEL, social emotional literacy, uh, has, or learning even, has come into the, the field and it's a hot topic and a hot word. The problem is, a lot of those programs aren't necessarily addressing what we know about Maslow's needs. And they're like kind of Band-Aid programs. A true, 
trauma-based or stress-based or SEL, if you will, based program has deep, deep roots in what we know about human behavior and neurobiology and how the brain works and how we learn and how we listen and all these things. So schools are wasting their time trying to get kids to learn if they don't first teach kids the skills and how to regulate their emotions and get their their emotional needs met. Because if the body's primary concern is that, the body's focusing all its energy on that before it's able to focus the energy on learning. So kids have to be regulated before they can learn. And we're not putting enough time and energy in that space. Therefore, kids are not listening. They're not retaining. They're not learning. And we're failing. We're just spending all this time trying to adopt this program and that program. And it's not going to work until we learn to teach kids how to regulate. There's a really great book called the three R. I call it the three R's. It's responsibility, regulation, and relationship. And it's by Sowers and Hall. There's a quote that they have in the book that says, stuff, stuff happens. As educators and professionals in the caregiving fields, it is our responsibility to reduce the impact of that stuff and what it has on our kids. We can't stop the not okay from happening, but we can mitigate its effects. So in education, we we tend to say like, that's not my field. I don't have to help kids who are emotionally dysregulated, who've been exposed to trauma, who are exposed to chronic stress. Yes, it is our job. And it actually doesn't take a special degree to do that. It really just takes you being a compassionate, loving, and graceful human being. So what will heal all of this? Relationships. What will heal all of this? Hearing kids, understanding kids, teaching kids to regulate. Those are all things that we can do in education and don't really have a choice. We need to do them or kids won't learn. So that's going to come before the teaching and before the learning. And it sounds like, or in the... It has sounded like, oh, it's another thing I got to take on. It's another thing I got to do. Well, nothing else matters until you do that first. And frankly, you're going to feel better leaving school at the end of the day because you're not going to feel so exhausted. You're not going to feel so emotionally drained. Kids are going to learn how to regulate emotions better. And everyone's just going to feel better overall. And these things don't take a ton of time to teach. They can be embedded into your daily practice, but they deserve some time in the curriculum. But to go back, we are relational beings. Back hunter-gatherers eons ago, we were in tribes and our tribes protected us. We were connected to our tribes. We were connected to people. That's how we survived. So naturally, excuse me, our brains, this is what happens when you don't talk for a long time. Took a little break from podcasting, had a baby, came back, and I'm like, (laughs) losing my voice when I talk for 15 or 20 minutes. All right, back on topic. When we were hunter-gatherers, we were connected to those tribes. Naturally, our brains were like, we need relationships to be safe and secure and survive. That's the way our brains wired. So having strong relationships in school with peers and teachers, that will keep us more regulated. And when we are taken away from those relationships, i.e. sent to the principal's office, suspended, expelled, that completely disrupts the safety, that completely disrupts Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the chances of Bloom's taxonomy at that point, gone. So relationships are the most powerful form of reward. It's connecting with students that's going to heal them. It's connecting with students that's going to ground them. It's going to regulate them because it only takes one positive relationship to work on kind of chemically creating new neural pathways in the brain, which enable us to create bonds, secure attachments, positive relationships, get Maslow's needs met, 
and then we can focus on the task at hand, all those Bloom's taxonomy things. It is our connectedness to our family, our community, our school, our culture that is most predictive of mental health, even more predictive of mental health than our history of adversity. Why? Because connectedness has the power to counterbalance adversity. That's huge. That is so huge. And when you have kids that are a challenge, know that it is very unlikely that they want to be challenging. There's something under that. There's something they're not able to fully control or manage. Maybe that's genetics. Maybe that's their environment. But either way, we need to have grace for that because I don't want to be that way. We naturally don't want to oust ourselves from the group or do things to get us kicked out of the group. That's not a biological response. doesn't make sense. So if we are pushing people away or if we are being disruptive or if we are having behavior problems, there's something under there. There's something that's biologically disruptive and we need to try and figure out what that is or at least teach kids how to become more regulated so that we can maybe get to answers or maybe we never will get to answers. But if they practice getting regulated more and more and more and more, they're less likely to enter into that erratic heightened energy state. Okay. So the brain, behaviors, all these things, they are not signs of um, personality flaws or lack of willpower or bad character. They are due and caused by actual chemical changes in the brain. So that means our brain is culturally responsive. That means the environment in which we're in affects how our brain works and changes how our brain works. So if we come from a stressful environment or even traumatic environment and we come into a school system or a new home and it is safe, we're not going to trust it. We're not going to believe it's safe because our history has said no one's safe. And if that environment stays safe, remains understanding, remains compassionate, it completely alters that chemical makeup and that stress response system just based on the environment. That's huge. That's so huge. More than anything else, feeling safe and secure and attached to people determines our mental health, our behaviors, all those things. So when behaviors crop up, think about that. Okay. So what we know is that we've got to teach emotional regulation and we've got to spend some time on those relationships and those secure attachments. We're not doing enough of that in education. We're just pushing academics. We're not learning because we're not regulated and you can't learn when you're not regulated. So what do we do? Well, that's what I spent the last decade <laughs> creating, working on, developing. So all the content on the Behavior Hub website will help people, parents, schools, caregivers, anyone get there. And I've created multiple courses around communication, stress management, self-care, self-regulation, all these different things. And my probably my favorite one is what, what is causing the behavior? What's the need underneath the behavior? The five needs course. All these courses combined to basically give someone a lot of what they need to, to figure out how to teach well in schools. And the and the, the brain design course, there's a, a course that talks about room design and house design and space design based on the brain, ways to do that, that calm kids down. So all these courses bundled together and all this information bundled together, give you the tools you need to help get kids to stay regulated, to get regulated and to recover from all the stress and trauma they've dealt with in their lives 
and then be able to actually teach. And then I share things that you can use to teach, or if it's not teaching, it's at home, getting kids to listen. I share things that are based on the brain and how the brain is designed and works so that kids can actually listen, respond, hear, retain. Lots of good information on there. And if you're in education and you want some university credit, you can take all five courses bundled together. They're just mini courses and you can earn 4.5 credits of graduate level credit from the University of Pennsylvania, as long as you sign up before the semester smart, before the semester starts. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You get to work with me, take the courses, get some coaching from me, and it ends up being a win-win for everyone. So if you want more information about any of that, hop onto the Behavior Hub website. I uh, get all the communications that come in from that. So anything you send on there comes right to my inbox. We're going to wrap up with this. A quote from the Lakeside Trauma Center director. Spent some time in Oslo, Norway. Learned a saying from the Dutch, uh, from the Norwegians. Uh, I'm not going to try and say the saying because I can't speak the language, but it translates to this. There is no bad weather, only bad clothing. What does that mean? It means that in Norway, they know that the weather is going to get really cold and it's going to snow a lot. And it can often happen overnight and they can often get a lot of snow overnight and it can get really cold overnight. So what they do is they do all these things to kind of prepare for the snowfall so that when they wake up the next day, they don't blame the weather for being the weather. The only thing to blame is their preparedness. So Lakeside Trauma Center said, what if we take this and we apply it to schools? What if schools work around the idea of serving those students who need the most support and they recognize how this paradigm shift is cru crucial? What if they live under the motto that there are no bad kids? There are just schools who are not yet prepared to meet the students' needs. With this new way of looking at things, we stop expecting everyone to change and we recognize our own need to change and to prepare differently to meet the ever, ever changing needs of our students. We will stop being surprised by difficult behavior and we'll begin to expect it and we'll know exactly what to do in the presence of it. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. This is this quote is why I created this, this program at the Behavior Hub. It's why I coach people. It's why I created the courses. Because this paradigm shift is crucial. If we, if I can prepare parents and educators for how to raise and educate children in a way that heals, shows respect, is based on the brain, can you imagine what the world would be like? Can you imagine how much more students would learn and retain and how much more they would enjoy school, how much happier families would be? I've seen it. I've done it for a decade now. It's unbelievable. And we need more of it. So let that <laughs> simmer for a while. And then we're headed to today's listener question, which is someone is seeking different ways to deal with behaviors in light of COVID. Here's what I'm going to say about that. One, not a whole lot has changed in terms of behavior since COVID. Are behaviors more magnified? Yes. Why? It's been more stressful. We've been more disconnected. Relationships are important. We haven't had some of those relationships. But the sequencing of behaviors, the actual behaviors, are they much different? No, not really. They're just, again, magnified. So in terms of dealing with behavior post-COVID, really just meeting behavior with, with more grace, compassion, understanding, a softening, kind of heart-minded, 
because people and kids aren't choosing to be this way. Even when people like I, I, oh man, when, when I'm in like a grocery store and someone is freaking out on like the clerk and I'm like, oh my gosh, the clerk didn't even do anything. This person's crazy. You can think that to yourself or you can think, hmm, if someone is acting like that, they must be really stressed out. They must have had a really tough day or something's going on in their life where things just are not good. So I'm going to soften. And instead of judging that person, I'm going to meet them with grace and compassion. Is their behavior appropriate? Is it right? No. But by me judging them, do I get any better? Do I get to a better place? Does anything heal? Does anything get fixed from that? No. So I meet them with a softening because hurt people hurt people. The biggest thing I would say about behaviors, COVID or not, is we need to find out what's underneath the behavior. So many people just want to stop the behavior, change the behavior. That doesn't fix the hole in the soul. It doesn't fix what's causing the root cause of the problem. So I'm always looking for that. And that's why I developed that five needs course. It tells you the five needs that drive human behavior. What's going on underneath that behavior? You can probably categorize it into one of these five areas or multiple of these five areas. Our biology has probably shifted a bit. We are and have been more stressed for longer periods of time. So we are maybe a little more tightly wound. So how can we, as a result, not only soften, but show more respect, show more compassion and communicate in a way that that gives kids more power. There's been a lot of loss of control, a lot of loss of power. It gives them control back. And you can do that and still get kids to respect you and still get kids to do what you want them to do. And finally, you need to teach emotional regulation now more than ever. COVID has caused stress, caused a lot of changes in people's lives. So we need to teach emotional regulation. It is so important. It is the groundwork for everything else. That's what I would say about dealing with behaviors in response to COVID. And that takes us to our tried at home tip, which this one might not really be tried at home. I mean, someone could come to your home. Let's just call this one a try it tip. (laughs) And it is something called craniosacral therapy. What the heck does that mean? It is basically like a a gentle hands-on technique, a form of massage-ish that uses light touch to both examine kind of the membranes and the fascia and um, move the fluids in and out of the central nervous system. Why does this matter? Well, think like if water's stagnant for a while, it might get mosquitoes depending on where you live. It might grow some algae. It might be really freaking gross. <laughs> so your body's kind of that way too. It works best when the fluids are moving around and it kind of washes things clean. So this gentle type of massage technique, especially for young kids and babies, really gets those fluids moving. And as the body is developing so rapidly, the fluids moving through the body and the fascia kind of loosening and and letting go of some of that tension allows the fluids to flow more freely. It allows the nervous system to come back down, calm down, to relax for babies not to be so tight and tense. Babies cry, tight and tense. We want the opposite of that. We want them to relax the nervous system. Why? It eliminates pain. It improves well-being. It boosts health. It definitely impacts immunity. So a lot of people might call this body work because it's it's massage, it's work on the body. So it's a different type of massage. And it's often associated with trauma. 
because trauma gets lodged in the body cellularly. This helps to dislodge some of that stuck in the body. Um, and basically what we're after here is we're, we're trying to manipulate things around the skull and the spine and often the pelvis to help improve the, the flow, the flow of what we call cerebral spinal fluid. <laughs> Why? Because that directly impacts the nervous system. Why do we care about the nervous system? Why do we want that to be impacted? That's what's going to keep you in an anxious state or depressive state or tight or tense state or cause you to just feel calm. When you think of calm, that's the nervous system. You're either calm or you're not. <laughs> Your nervous system's either relaxed or it's not. And it removes the blockages that cause the, the liquid to become stagnant and it puts them back into a normal flow, which enhances the body's ability to grow and to heal. Kind of like magic. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode of Returning to Us. Remember our tried home tip, cranial sacral therapy. If you're looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, and the brain, I am your woman. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to help you learn and improve your family system, improve your school system, improve your classroom, improve your life. Behavior Hub offers a range of supports for this, coaching, online courses, group training programs, even university credit. You want to learn more? There's no commitment. Just text me, 717-693-7744. And if you have any questions you want me to answer on these podcast episodes, email me at the podcast at, sorry, let's try that again. Email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com. Until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer, and thank you for joining me. Thank you.